it's time to think more positive if you want to be more positive. I have been practicing my affirmations lately. Welcome to episode 22 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. So when I'm walking down the street, I like to think I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm in control of the situation. Then someone else saying, you're strong, you're powerful, you're in control of the situation. Then someone saying it to someone else about me, he's strong, he's powerful, he's in control of the situation. And then by my name, Anthony's strong, Anthony's powerful, Anthony's in control of the situation. And if you've got something coming up, something big coming up that you want to be in a good state of mind for, you just put it in the future tense. I'll be strong. I'll be powerful. I'll be in control of the situation. You'll be strong. You'll be powerful. You'll be in control of the situation. And on you go. And of course, don't underestimate the power of the past tense. We hold a lot of negativity from the past and we often judge ourselves harshly for actions that we took in the past. So you can just say to yourself, I was strong, I was powerful, I was in control of the situation. And your unconscious will contextualize you in the here and now based on your previous experiences. Now, a lot of people balk at the idea of practicing affirmations. I know that I certainly did for a while. But when you think how often you think negatively and you never think to stop yourself or think twice or question whether you should be having so many negative thoughts, you just take them for granted. So I can only suggest that you try it out for 90 days. Spend 5 or 10 minutes a day deliberately feeding yourself some positivity. Think of the areas in your life where you're falling down and think of affirmations. Feel them in your body and see how you respond to them. If the words feel good in your body when you say them to yourself, then that's an indication that something's happening there. Maybe you have a belief that could use a little bit of fine-tuning or reprogramming. Now, this episode is a re-upload of my appearance on my friend Chris Stefanik's excellent show, Choice Conversations. Chris Stefanik is an excellent interviewer. He's very knowledgeable himself in personal development, and he has got a lot to share about positive thinking. So I hope you enjoy this, episode 22 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. Hello, and welcome to Choice Conversations. I'm your host, Chris Stefanik. Today, I welcome back Anthony Samroff. Anthony, how you doing? I'm in a terrible mood, Chris. You're going to need to t- teach me how to get out of this depression. <laughs> well, we have the cure for that uh, today. So the, the discussion for today is positive thinking and what is it? How does does it work? What are some things you can do and, and the like? So um, hopefully we can correct that for you. I'm so, I'm feeling more positive already. <laughs> All right, good, good, good. Just so. at the thought, just at the thought of doing a podcast on positive thinking. Oh, that in itself is a positive thought. Yeah, there you go. What do you consider positive thinking to be? You know, there's a, this idea of um, the optimist seeing a glass as half full. Uh, pessimist seeing a glass as half empty. Um, a pragmatist is just going to drink the damn juice in the glass. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I'm thinking that, you know, what we think affects our behavior. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if I believe that the the bed I'm sitting on just now is on fire, then I would run out of the room uh, pretty quickly. What we believe affects about ourself also affects how we come across. You know, you can always tell when people um, aren't too confident about themselves. They're not sure if they're okay. They're checking to see if they're going to get into trouble or if they're making a good impression. And that debilitates us from being in the moment with other people. But definitely the way that we think of the future largely affects our behavior and our moods. If we don't anticipate a good future, then that can have a seriously debilitating effect on our mood. And if we see our life going somewhere good um, and we're involved in lots of good things, then I think that we generally feel really good. So positive thinking would be maybe anticipating positive outcomes, I think. What do you think? I guess for me, it's 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 one of those things where maybe the definition is the easy part, but it's the the actual the implementation and and getting people to see the value and getting yourself to see the value and actually practice it. That's where the the hard part comes in. I think you pretty well nailed it. It, it can have some different looks other than like just being positive. You know, there there are obviously different strategies and different disciplines for for positive thinking. There are different practices you can do. An example of that is having a lot of gratitude, having a, a gratitude practice that you, you do regularly is something that is falls under like the positive thinking category. There There is things like visualizing positive outcomes that is something that w- is a, a practice that many proponents of positive thinking are would, would, would say that you, know, you should do. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I agree with your definition. You mentioned gratitude. I believe that they did a data analysis where they looked at the data on positive psychology and what actually tends to make people happy and improve their mood. And an outlier in terms of how effective it was, was uh, keeping a gratitude journal and writing what you were grateful for every day. It produced more positive effects than a limited meditation practice and various other things like that um, that are known to make people happier, like doing a gratitude journal was way above anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, I've just noticed that my mood, I can feel my mood shifting and in, in, in taking a couple more steps towards the positive whenever I just take the time to be thankful. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very powerful. Yeah, and a lot of these, there maybe was some intuitive wisdom about that known throughout ages, and people turned them into rituals like saying grace and things like that, that aren't, are just really ritualistic prayers rather than really connecting with what it is you're saying. And, you know, taking some time just to be thankful for the little things you have, like um, having food on the table. You know, there's there's a really great story. Um, it's an Indian story where um, one a father has two children. They're as different as night and day. One's always happy, and the other is um, always sad. And 
So he decides to see, since they're twins, if he can play a trick on them. And the festival comes and, you know, everyone gets uh, presents like Christmas or something like that. So he decides to fill the child that's always pessimistic's room with gifts and the child that's always um, optimistic's room with, like, horse dung. When he comes home at the end of the day, he can hear crying and he, he thinks, oh, oh, maybe I've done taken it too far with all the horse dung. He runs upstairs and, of course, it's the pessimistic child that's crying. And um, he goes into his room and says, why are you crying? And, of course, the pessimist's got all sorts of reasons why every toy is not worth playing with or they might be broken or something something might go wrong and he goes to the optimist's room and the optimist is playing around in the in the horse dung he's like what are you crazy what's going on here and he says well uh, i must be getting a pony i must be getting a pony (laughs) you know it's just it's a pretty funny story i i'm not really sure that positive thinking is always so much about looking at different situations and expecting positive outcomes as looking at whatever situation you're in and trying to find some good in it. Like, I I notice, which is quite an amazing thing, that even when I'm feeling negative and even when bad things happen to me, there's always a voice in my head that's sort of thinking, like, I wonder where this is going to go. I wonder what I'm going to learn from this. I think that some good... Part of me usually feels like some good is going to come out of any situation I'm in. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I do get pissed off and upset. And, you know, sometimes I feel I have a bad night and I feel quite hopeless. And yet I find that even in the worst moods, there's always a part of me like somewhere in the back niggling at me thinking that it'll all turn out okay, that it'll all turn out okay. And um, I think that part of positive thinking is not just anticipating positive outcomes and looking to to create a good future, but actually look at what's pretty good right now. And I think that ties in with the gratitude and trying to orient your life in such a way that you're moving forward towards positive things rather than letting your negativity get in the way of you actually taking effective action. Yeah, yeah, I could could see that. What what I've found is... Your mind, you know, you could be in, like, you gave your the, the story for that festival, and, you know, what's the, the famous quote from Hamlet? It's like, you know, things are neither good nor bad, but except the thinking makes it so, or something like yeah. that. And there, I think there's a lot of truth to that, and just realizing that your thoughts really control how your experience is going to be. You know, I mean, the only way to live life, to experience life, is subjectively. Right. And you have so much control over your subjective experience mm. if you can discipline your mind. So, I mean, the thoughts you have, if you're sitting here saying, oh, this this really sucks, you know, you're not going to be happy <laughs> for whatever it is you're doing. But if you're looking on the bright side, if you're looking for how you can have some enjoyment in that moment, then um, you can t- you can be happy in that moment. You know, I mean, there's there's people that have you know written books and stuff about their experience, 
in uh, concentration camps and the like where, you know, they they would sit there and, and they experience great joy by constant, you know, they would they would look at what, okay, how can I enjoy this experience while I'm here? You know, and rather than getting in, caught up in the woe is me sort of thing, they said, you know, I'm still in control of my thoughts. I still in control of my attitude. That's, no one else can control that, you know. And and to be able to, to take that, and even in these worst of conditions, people that have, you know, been given life sentences for prison and things like that, and to be able to still enjoy life, and still obtain happiness, because, I mean, that's really what, it, what it's all about. I mean, I think at the end of the day, everybody just wants to be happy. And that path is, you know, is there, but it's only through the mind, really, that you can get there. Because like you said, you could be given a room full of toys and you can be so sad about it. Or, you know, you could be given the room full of dung and that that can bring you joy. It's, it's all in your mind as to whether or not you're going to be happy or not. Yeah, because I heard it said once that your thoughts, you, they're like, a, it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. You just get more and more and more, and you can choose any dish you want, and yet we tend to continue picking the dishes that we think, that we know that will make our cell, that have made a cell before and will continue to make a cell. You can choose to, you can choose what you think, but I think people are actually afraid of being positive because if they choose a positive orientation, there's a feeling that there's something wrong. You know, there, there's something wrong with that. Maybe they are not going to avoid some disaster or, or something bad will happen. It'll be worse. They'll be like, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen and it'll be worse because they weren't anticipating, anticipating mm-hmm. it. Or, you know, they've been punished for being joyful as a child and they associate being happy and being optimistic with some grumpy adult telling them to calm down or to stop fooling around or anything like that. And I feel these kind of thoughts are programmed deeply into us. So we're often quite afraid to embrace positivity or let go of our fears. Yes, I agree with that completely. So... Yeah, there's a lot of guilt that people will experience if they were brought up in an unhealthy environment, you know, where if they, when they were showing, expressing happiness, that might be very triggering to their parents, who then, you know, would punish them for it, for for being happy. Or, um, you know, they may think they're not worthy of, of being happy. So whenever they start to feel happy, they, they have self-sabotage things that occur. So... I think positive thinking can help with that sort of thing, but this is one of the pitfalls I want to talk about. I want, I want to talk about a number of the pitfalls with positive thinking as the show progresses, but one of them is some people use positive thinking to dissociate. Right. So rather than dealing with, you've got this voice in your head that's that's saying you're not worthy of being happy, you're pathetic, you're whatever. They're just saying, you know what, um, no, I'm happy. I'm I'm a happy person, you know, and they don't they 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 don't deal with those wounds that they're carrying mm-hmm. from, you know, from their formative years. So that's one of the things that I would say you don't want to do with positive thinking. Is it this doesn't mean that okay, now everything's great and 
you know, I had a wonderful childhood and, you know, I'm, I'm a fantastic human being. Well, you are a fantastic human being, but that doesn't mean well, you're, thanks. you're fully healed. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, and that you don't need to worry about trying to heal the, your previous traumas and grieving your previous losses and the like. Those things still need to happen if you want to reach your potential of enlightenment and, and happiness and the like. So, and just being a whole healthy, holistically healthy, healed human. You know, I think the biggest thing, you know, why people don't just have positive thoughts naturally is thoughts are, they're, they're just, the, the brain, it's, it's kind of, they just go all over the place if you'd let yeah. them. You know, the, the, the brain, it's not really something that's, that's very, um, it's, it's not disciplined naturally. You have to, if you, if you want your thoughts to be disciplined, it requires effort on your part. And most people don't do that. So, I mean, this is one of the things where meditation plays a big role. People don't necessarily think about meditation as being positive thinking, but in order to be excellent at, at implementing positive thinking in your life and really having some some success, you know, bringing your, bringing more success to your life via positive thinking. Meditation is a great tool because one of the things you have to do is discipline your thoughts and say, I'm not, my thoughts aren't just going to go wherever they want. I'm going to exercise some control over my thoughts and so that they don't just continue down the roads they always have in the past. And meditation is the practice of controlling your, your thoughts. I mean, specifically, it's usually you, you start with just stilling your mind. Okay, let's just see if I can distill my mind and keep it from being, you know, a, a runaway train. You, you know, that, that, that's part of it is that the mind is undisciplined. And then the other thing is, is just the thoughts are habitual. Mm. And people's thoughts, if you've had a lot of thoughts about failure, or pe- people tend to, without, without taking an effort, and consciously making a change, people do tend to focus on the negative of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that's just something in our culture or where that's come along, but in general, you know, and this is obviously just a, a general statement that you can vary greatly from one person to the next, whether they're a optimistic or a pessimistic or the like, but, but in general, people tend to focus on negative things more than they do positive things. You know, you have a great meal and, um, the, there was one thing where you were served, you know, the, the waitress brought out the wrong drink, you know, and or something like that. And that's the one thing they remembered from the meal, even though they enjoyed everything else. Some, just that sort of thing it, for whatever reason. And but that that's a habit, though. And, but that ha- the good news is that habit can be broken. You can change yeah. those, those 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 thoughts. And then that you know, when you change your thoughts, I mean, kind of the idea behind positive thinking, why? There's so many books written about this, why this is such a big deal, why we're talking about it right now is the idea is thoughts lead to actions which lead to outcomes. So, you know, this will just change, you know, positive thinking, of course, can just change your attitude, which without changing anything else in the world around you can improve your subjective experience. You can go from, you know, crying over your toys to being happy that you have horseshit, you know. Yeah. But 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 it also really can change your outcomes. You can have success in your job, success in your relationships, and uh, you know if you're into to sports and things like that, you can have increase your your performance. Um, I mean, really, I mean, it, it can positive thinking can be used to help you obtain success in any area of your life. You know, I, I firmly believe that, and I've seen 
in my life, I've implemented it in, in, in a number of areas and I've seen improvements in, you know, in, in several of them. So I, it was interesting. I, I kind of got down this path of positive thinking. I've really started getting into it just in the last year. And it, it started with a book I read, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. The author is Joseph Murphy. The way Joseph Murphy presents it is he says, think of your subconscious mind as the ship, as the, it's the engine of the ship that you're in. And you're the captain of the ship. And the way that you send con- signals to the ship, the way you turn the wheel, adjust the knobs, and the like, is the thoughts you have in your conscious mind. So you're, you're, you're telling the ship where to go. So if you're having negative thoughts, you're sending the signal to the engine to you know, run you up on shore, to, to hit the iceberg or whatever. Where if you're having positive thoughts, you're sending the signal to the engine for you to have a positive, successful life. And it's gonna it's gonna drive you wherever you send it. You know, you can you can adjust if you adjust the dials for a positive life or success in your life, the engine's gonna get you there. And you know, of course, there's been, been people always talk about how the subconscious mind is like ten thousand times more powerful than the conscious mind or, or whatever the number is. You know, it's it has this ability to make changes that you don't even realize it's making. You know, that all of a sudden you start having insights that you didn't have before. All of a sudden, people around you are responding differently because you're giving off different signals than you were before. You know, another number just people always say is like 94% of communication is is nonverbal, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so, but when you, when you change your mind, your subconscious has this ability to to change that communication you're sending off, which means that pe- the people around you are going to respond differently to you when your your attitude is different. You know, your boss is going to be more favorable to giving you a raise. Your clients are going to want to come back more often. Uh, that sort of thing. You're going to get new clients. You're going to have more success in your personal relationships and the like. Yeah, no one's going to believe it if you don't believe it. Or le- they're less likely to at least... You've got to be your own number one fan. I think that you touched on something really important there, which is you said, look, you know, you could it could make you happy even if your room was full of horror stuff, but um, also it's not just about looking at the good side of any bad situation, but it might actually improve your results. I think the original idea of those Eastern practices was that okay, you might not be able to control your outside circumstances, but at least what happens inside you, at least you should have some control over that. At least you should be the master of your own subjective environment. Okay, you can't control the things that happen to you, but at least you could get yourself, you could engineer yourself into a place where things don't affect you so badly and you're generally happy. So that when something good happens, you're ecstatic. And when something that you didn't want to happen happens, you're like, ah, well, that kind of sucks. But you're not um, hopeless. You can pick yourself up again. Now, you mentioned that uh, people tend to look at the negative side of things and yeah, it's really interesting question how much of that is cultural, how much of that's the way we're brought up, and how much of it is biological. I mean, 
we know we've seen studies that have said that people who watch the news are less happy than people who don't watch the news. But mm. there's an inclination to watch the news because we've got this primitive part of our brain, the reptilian brain, which is, you know, really truly excellent. Actually, it uh, um, uh, controls our circulation and things like that. But it also wants us to be aware of any threats. So there's a desire in us for negative information. Because negative information could affect us, it could kill us, it could hurt us, it could upset us. So there's a desire there to be aware of what could go wrong, of what could negatively affect us. And that might um, steer us towards consuming negative information to satisfy that urge. Or maybe, you know, it's, it's like our mind has got to the point where it feels like we're safe. If it's in fight or flight, it's so used to being in fight or flight that it thinks, well, that's how I, that's how I protect Chris, you know, that's how I protect Anthony. I stay in this, this uh, hypervigilant state of, which is really a negative, stressful state to be in, um, of constantly anticipating what might go wrong in my life. But that's how I protect myself. But, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the work, work of Bruce Lipton. Some of it's a bit, um, mystical um, and you know that that's another debate but he talks about how um, his his research and the research of people who went before him showed that the body heals less when it's in fight or flight you know either it's preparing to fight or flee or it can rest and then it can start healing so so we heal when we're when we're not in a high set state of stress I don't, I don't think that's controversial so it's about taking our attention away or deciding what we want to do with our attention. We all know that a tree needs a nurturing environment to grow. You know, if you don't give your house plants water and the right soil and put them near the sunlight and things like that, then, you know, they're not going to thrive. Um, but humans have far more needs than a plant does. So we've got psychological and emotional needs. So it's really important that we feed ourselves positive information and things like that. We are a product of our environment. Everyone knows that if you're in a more abusive household, you're gonna you're very likely to be more wounded than if you have really great parents. And that doesn't stop happening. So um, getting lots of positive stimulus is important for us if we want to start changing direction, especially if, you know, like me, you came from a household where there were people who had very negative outlooks on life you know in school you were always monitored for doing the right thing um, not uh, what made you happy not what was fulfilling um, but what you were supposed to do and that made you also hypervigilant and looking around your environment for threats so if we do want to improve our states of mind and become more positive and I know you're the master of practices when it comes to this and you're going to share some wisdom with us on that subject. It's like, to use your analogy of the ship, if you pull the, the, the wheel of a big ship to the left, it does not turn to the left immediately because there's so much momentum and weight behind it that it's used to going the way that it's going. You have to really hold that wheel left for a long time before the ship starts moving so you're willing to stay at the practice I, I always see the mind as a river 
running down the side of a mountain, as you said, it's habitual. It likes going down the way it knows. It likes going down the way that it's always gone down. And the, the longer it's gone down the mountain that way, the longer it wants to continue going that way because it grows into a deeper and deeper groove. And I think this positive thinking is about, you know, building it down the river, deciding which way you want the river to flow down the mountain. And you're going to have to keep at it for a while to change the direction of the river because it likes going down the way it's always gone down. So if we can spend some time investing in ourselves and get a more positive outlook, after a while that becomes the new habit pattern and much less of the work has to be deliberate. You know, you're, you're a guitar player, I play piano, and um, when you're learning a new piece, you have to focus on every little thing you do. Where does my hand go? What fingers do I use? And the more you learn, the less attention you need to pay because more of it's automatic. So you can concentrate more on the feeling, put feeling into music. And if we use that analogy over to life, you know, if we can spend some deliberate work on practicing, developing the faculties that we have to, to use our minds rather than let it use us, then after a while a lot of that will become automatic and we can focus on the feeling, we can focus on enjoying ourselves. Nice, nice. Yeah, I like the analogies with the, the river wearing the groove, you know, and it, and it does. It just wants to keep going that direction. One I've used is train tracks, the mind, because it's so mm-hmm. habitual. It's like it, it, it wears train tracks, it wears grooves in your brain, which in a way it kind of does if you think about how mm-hmm. the the – the neurons and the, the pathways and the like, you, you do form pathways in your brain. Now, there, the brain does have some plasticity and you can change those pathways, but it very much wears, like, your thinking wears grooves in your brain where you, you kind of go a certain direction and it wants to keep going those and it takes effort to change them, like putting up the dam, like, like you had said, or my analogy is changing where those train tracks go, you know, laying down new train tracks so that mm. you arrive at a, the destination you want to go to. And, yeah, that's I, I like that analogy, and, and I'll add to the the analogy a little further. The, the one with the ship. So you've heard me talk about interfamily system th- therapy, and the idea that the the conscious mind and even the subconscious mind is not necessarily like one one individual. There's you know we have like sub cells. There's and uh, and ideally, uh, a healthy person has their true self, you know, like the wisest part of themselves, the um, the one that's the master at at um, making decisions and in, in, uh, in like leading the other sub selves. Ideally, that's the one that's controlling that that's at, that's at the forefront of your mind, that's controlling your life. So I'm like, you know, if you've done the parts work and you've you've created inner harmony and got your your true self to to lead in your life then your true self is the captain of the ship and is leading it but if you haven't done that work like before if you're just doing um using positive thinking to dissociate or using other things to dissociate so things like like alcohol or people that are addicted to work or addicted to sex or whatever that may be i'm fine what are you talking about i my childhood was fine everybody had rough childhoods you know some some people sit there and cry about it and others you know, suck it up and move on with their lives. What are you talking? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not broken. You know, wh- whatever your strategy is, uh, 
if you're not, well, then, then what you have is your true self isn't always at the wheel. So you have, you know, anytime you, you, you step out to go to the bathroom, whatever, you have a, one of your crewmates is coming in and, and, and screwing with all the dials. <laughs> you know, so mm. That's what I would say is you have to get your crew leading behind you as well if you want to arrive at, at the, the destination you, you're trying to get to. Or else your crew is sabotaging you. You're, you're sitting there giving orders. You're the captain of the ship. You're, you're adjusting it. But meanwhile, the crew is is throwing wrenches into the into the works. You know because um, you have an unruly crew. I, I like that analogy. Another one is, you know, your life is a house, and your thoughts. With your thoughts, you're you're creating the blueprint that. Um, your subconscious mind is then going to build the house for you. But again, it's like you're, you're, you're the one creating the blueprint, but the people working on the house, the workers and stuff are the, your inner family. And even if you have an, an, an awesome blueprint laid out, if you've got rogue workers that aren't doing what you told them to do, you know, your house isn't going to be on the, the, the one you wanted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not going to be structurally sound. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of analogies when when it comes to positive thinking and, and the like. Yeah, I think one of the best ways to communicate a sense of something, the feeling behind it, is to use a good analogy. So the question is, there, there's another challenge for us. So based on your experience of the use of positive thinking, how do we not only apply positive thinking in our lives, but apply it in such a way that our buddies uh, are less likely to mess with the dials or at least know the kind of settings that we want and can cooperate with that? Well, the, I mean, a part of it is you, you need to, to do the work. Um, you know, I like interfamily systems therapy, which, you know, I, I talked about with Jay early. You can check out the podcast for that. And that's getting to know these parts and build trust and, and heal the wounds that are inside you. Um, that's a really good one, and that's overall that experience is a, is a very positive one. But there's going to be a lot of pain that comes up when you're going through and and digging into these traumas that happened to you. I mean, part of it is pulling the rug off of the traumas that maybe you had buried because you you know you you didn't think or one of these parts inside of you didn't think you could handle it, and maybe you couldn't at the time or whatever. They, they're 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 actually on your side. They're they're trying to help you, but they're not always um, using strategies that are effective. You know, sometimes they're they're well intended, but but sometimes uh, misguided. But but when you're when you're discovering, oh, you're like, oh my god, you know, I was abused as a child and I didn't even know it. I blacked it out or whatever because you know I a part of me didn't think I could handle that. Um, you know, I mean, there's going to be some pain involved there. So that's that's almost a, sep- a separate tool in your t- toolbox from positive thinking, I would say. The, the, on- the only way that I use positive thinking to help deal with that as far as, like, healing past traumas is I will have thoughts like, you know, at, again, it's about positive thinking. It's about disciplining your thoughts and controlling your thoughts. So I'll have thoughts like, I am a master at healing my inner wounds. I am I am excellent at parts work and I my my inner family lives in harmony together and we work together 
so that everyone's needs are met. We work together to to fully grieve the wounds that we have and heal them and move on to enlightenment and happiness. You know, so I have kind of thoughts like that to mm-hmm. give me the confidence. You know, when I have those thoughts, well, then then when I go into the parts work, you know, I really believe that's true and I'm I'm effective at it. Just so so I mean, just just being confident in your abilities has a dramatic effect on how successful you are at doing something, be that getting up and speaking in front of people, playing piano or playing guitar or um, running a race or, or whatever it is. If you have this a confidence in yourself, it really does change the outcomes. So I, I will use it in that manner to help me to be energized and, and, um, and confident and move forward and w- with doing the, the work to heal yeah. my wounds. So, but otherwise outside of that, I'm, I don't see positive thinking necessarily as as a, as a, as a tool for for dealing with those wounds, per se. Mm. You'll take control of your mind and you'll use it to psych yourself up for going in and doing hard um, inner work that you know that might involve some suffering along the way, but has an ultimately beneficial goal. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And and one thing you could do as well is you can teach positive thinking practices, positive thinking strategies to your parts. Mm. So that's another way that you can work it into it is once you've once you've started to get to know your parts, trust them and work with them and helping them heal their wounds, you could say, you know what, let's try this once. It's been really good for me. I think you would like this. You know, a lot of people, an example of a, of a part would be like an inner critic. A lot of people have an inner critic. That sits there and tells you, oh, oh, you're stupid, or oh, boy, you know, you really messed up there, or, or whatever. And you know, so that's one that's really um, a, a great opportunity there for teaching them positive thinking and and how that they can use strategies that are more effective going forward, you know, so that you're successful in your life and in all those areas of your life. Right, right. So the, the type of positive thinking technique you mentioned there is often referred to as an affirmation. Do you, how often do you use affirmations and what is the effect of affirmations for you so far? Well, that's my favorite one. I, I use affirmations um, throughout the day. I mean, I, I start off with them. First thing in the morning, I get out of bed and uh, literally just like get on the floor and start doing like yoga poses. Yeah, I learned that from Hunter Clark Fields who's been on my show in the past. I attended a mindfulness retreat that she put on. And, um, you know, she said, you know, start your day with a little bit of yoga, just a few minutes of doing these yoga poses. And, and, and I added to that my own, while I'm doing that, I, I will do my own, my affirmations. The way that I learned affirmations was through that, the power of the subconscious mind book. Mm. So in there, it's, it's basically you state something that, Whatever it is you want, you state it like it's already happened. Right. You know, I, I, I love my job. I'm great at my job. You know, I'm successful at doing this. I've, I make a lot of money. Or whatever it is that, 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 that you do. He said, he's, he, he uses, he calls it prayer. He doesn't use the affirmation term. Mm-hmm. He's, it's more of a religious angle. Because in there, he said, look, I, I'm not necessarily saying that it's God answering, answering your prayers. You know, the title of this book is The Power of the Subconscious Mind. I think it's just getting your, you know, he's the one that came up with the analogy about the ship. You know, he's like, this is just getting the engine 
of your of your life, which is your subconscious mind, to go in the direction you want it to go. So but he said, I found that, you know, I, I like the way of prayer, you know, the methodology of prayer. And it's but he goes, you know, a lot of people pray and don't have a, any of this effect in their life. But he goes, because it's he goes, there's a correct way of doing it. The correct way is to say it like you already have it. Mm. The incorrect way is to yeah. ask, be like, God, please send me this. He said, that does not work. That is coming from a place of lack already. Like, I don't have this place. I don't have this, what, I'm, what I want. You want to assert that you're fulfilled. Right, right. So you, if, But if you say, like, you already have it, that, that is much more power. He talks about, you know, some of the pitfalls of, of this is, you know, people, he said, it's, you really, you kind of have to believe it. So another one that, another positive thinking book that I read, and also there's a documentary to go along with it, which is very famous, is The Secret. You know, and they talk about in there just, you know, having, you know, unwavering faith that this is true. You know, just whatever it is, hold that thought, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to make a million dollars, you know. Just have believe that that's true. Like, you know, the, I think the one woman she's like, believe it like you know it, like you know it, like you know it. <laughs> she like repeats it like three times. Or so, like one of the areas where people can fail at doing this is they're ha- they're having this affirmation, this prayer. That, you know, I love my job. Well, they know that they don't really love their job. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, so it's. If you don't believe it, it really it doesn't work. And so it, there are some ways, some strategies for handling that. So one of the things that can work is you can say, rather than um, I, I love my job, it's, it's a lot easier. It's not quite so much of a stretch. If you talk about your transitioning, things are getting better. So instead you could say, I'm enjoying my job more every day. Mm. My job is getting better. I'm, I'm improving at my job. I am I am losing weight as opposed to saying you know I'm at the perfect weight right now, and you know you're not <laughs> you know you know you've got five more inches to lose you know or whatever it is you know and there's that you're creating that contradiction in your mind and, and the last thing you want to do is to introduce contradictions into your mind if anything that's that's a way to cloud your brain and to cause problems in your life I think you want to remove contradictions from your mind so so in some cases you may, maybe you want to do and say you know what. I'm I'm losing weight. I'm getting to where I want to be. I'm I'm my job is improving. My relationships are improving. Or whatever that that can be a way to get around that. Right. A- another one that people have suggested. I think this one was from The Secret. I don't think this one was from Joseph Murphy. But it was it's essentially like a, a fake it till you make it. So it's you know okay you know you're not thin you know you know you're not at your target weight but pretend you are. Just harness that energy. We're all, we're all, every human being is an expert at pretending because they've had you know, thousands of hours experience from when they were kids. And somewhere along the way, they lost that. You know, people as adults don't pretend nearly so much, but he said, just pretend. And that will actually make it easier to remove that contradiction from your mind. You'd be like, oh, it's okay. It's not really a contradiction. I'm just pretending. But then, sit, but then don't have that thought anymore. Just let that one go and sit there and think about I'm thin. I've got a great body. I've, I'm, I'm healthy. You know, I've beat cancer. I've wh- whatever it is that you're trying to do. Cause that's one of the things we haven't even talked about. We've been talking about relationships and attitude and big success in your job and stuff. So I mean, one of the areas where there's this huge 
pile of evidence for the success of positive thinking is in placebos. I mean, placebos have a, a, a great track record. You know, there's been you know prob- hundreds, if not thousands, of studies showing the power of a placebo to heal you. You know, and this I don't know if there's studies for this, but th- there's certainly tons of anecdotal evidence of people going to faith healers and having success. And it's the ones who believe that they're going to be healed by this faith healer will actually be healed quite often. The ones who don't believe it does it has no effect. If, you know, if a disbeliever comes in and says, oh, yeah, I'm going to show the world this guy's a, a phony. Um, you know, I have this disease and watch. You know, I'm going to go to the faith healing. You watch. It's not going to work. And then it doesn't work, of course. So your mind has the ability to really uh, affect your body in, in quite a, a variety of ways, be they positive or negative, you know, and, and, and the similar, the, the flip side of that being there are tons of studies showing stress related to disease and sickness. So if, if nothing else, if you're, if you're maybe skeptical about this, one area where there, um, I think we can get past your skepticism if you start digging into the research is for sure the effect on health of having positive thoughts. So, I mean, that, that's one area you could start there and see if you have improvements in your life and then maybe branch into other areas. That one is my, my favorite. I do it often, um, several times a day. I will, have, I will do affirmations. So um, I start my day with it. I end my day with it. I have my you know, quote-unquote prayer at, at, at bedtime that I do. So um, I'll, I'll just give, you, give it to you. So uh, what I will do, first of all, I'll, I'll put myself... In, in a relaxed meditative state by um, I'll, I'll take a breath and then as I'm exhaling I say my feet and toes are relaxed breathe in as I exhale and I, I should say I'm saying this in my mind I don't, I'm not saying it out loud while I'm trying to fall asleep and getting slapped by my wife mm-hmm. I'll say um, my calves and shins are relaxed take a breath my thighs are relaxed etc and I move my way through my body and then I do my entire body is relaxed. My mind is relaxed. And well, actually what I found is now I don't even, like half the time I don't make it through that before I'm knocked out. Right. <laughs> so I'm considering changing the order of my how I do my, my prayer, my nightly prayer, just so I can get the other part in. But the other prayer I use is I, I, I say um, after I, I do the relaxation, I say I'm going to have a great night's sleep. I'm going to fall asleep quickly. I'm going to sleep through the night with no interruption. My dreams are going to be pleasant and insightful. This sleep is going to provide everything that, that my body, mind, and spirit needs in order to be completely rested, restored, renewed, in order for me to have health, youth, and vitality. And then I like to close it out with just a little, a slight repetition, which is, you know, I'm going to fall asleep quickly. I'm going to have a great night's sleep. Mm. And I used to lie in bed often for like an hour before I would fall asleep, sometimes two or three hours. But um, now it's like I usually don't make it out of the prayer and I'm out. (laughs) I'm totally knocked out. So if nothing else, to fall asleep quickly, you know, that's part of my affirmation, part of my prayer. That sure seems to be working very well. And that's, you know, anecdotal story I'm giving you. Right. 
So for me, the, the important thing about affirmation is that there's a feeling corresponding to the thought. So one of the things that you talked about is the contradiction of saying, mm, I'm thin when you're actually too many pounds, right? But it's actually to create a feeling in your body of feeling like you're thin, and that actually sends a message to your body, it's alleged, sends a feeling to your body like that's happening. I feel like one of the reasons why a lot of people will try out affirmations and say that they don't work is they will repeat words to themselves mechanically um, every day in every way I'm getting better in every way or whatever and they just keep on saying it but there's no feeling corresponding to it but what about feeling it hmm, I'm getting better in every way I'm getting better in every way wow that's, that's awesome yeah I'm getting better in every way That's and whether it's a, a one that's very much comes recommend is just the simple I like myself I like myself but much better than rather to say I like myself is to consider it because we're talking about changing the habit pattern of the mind and a lot of what the, the mind says is things that it repeats as we've already discussed it's repetitious the same thoughts come up again and again it believes or a part of you believes and so it repeats so if you want to change the habit pattern of the mind, then it's good to give it a reason to believe differently. And as you said, you didn't want to create a cognitive dissonance where um, you have two contradictory thoughts. So what I like to do, and I don't really use I like myself at the moment, I've used it in the past, but supposing I was using that, is say it as though I'm realizing it. I like myself. I like myself. And you're realizing it, that, that, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I actually do like myself, but when I think about it, and I realize that I've always liked myself when I start thinking about it that way. It's just maybe I've not been being paid attention to it. And so you start to reprogram the mind by um, feeding it a realization. I would just add an extension of that that I found really helpful which is to that a lot of our views about ourselves come from people outside ourselves or a lot of our fears about being positive, as we've discussed, come from worrying about how other people are going to respond to our positivity. So for an affirmation like that, what's really useful is to do it in all three forms. So after you've done the kind of like, I like myself, I like my, yeah, I like myself. You know, with a corresponding feeling of that realization, to have someone say it to you as though it's a good thing. You like yourself. You like yourself. You know what I like about you, Chris? You like yourself. And you've got that going on in your head as well. You like yourself. You like, someone saying it to you as though it's a good thing. And then finally, as though you're overhearing it, um, you know, someone saying, he likes himself. He likes himself. He likes himself. He like. You know what I really like about Chris? He likes himself. And um, so that you get um idea that your environment is in favor of your positive thinking as well as, you know, you. Nice, nice. It's it's interesting. While, while I was listening to you talk about that that technique, 
I just couldn't help but smile the whole time. I don't know. It, yeah. It, it, um, I, I don't necessarily do it that way, but what I find is I'm, I often will experience emotion when I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and I really allow myself to feel it and, and feel joy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because one of the affirmations I'll say is, you know, I, I am joyful. And I almost like can't say it without a big grin coming across my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I am joyful. You know, and it's, they, I guess in the secret, they really talk about emotions. I think they have a whole chapter on emotions about the way to supercharge your positive thinking is to feel positive emotion while you're having the positive thoughts. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so that's, um, you know, I, I definitely think that that is a really good technique. So now one of the things that they get into related to emotions that I think is a problem, and one of the problems with the movie and the book is they say, well, you know, people aren't used to monitoring their thoughts, controlling their thoughts. They're so, well, one shortcut to stopping yourself from having negative thoughts is to monitor your emotions. That were a little easier. It's, it's easier to spot emotions than it is mm. to, um, you know, monitor every thought you have all day long to, to, to eliminate those negative thoughts. And they said, if you're having a negative, a negative emotion, if you're feeling angry or sad or, or whatever it may be, frustrated, apprehensive, they said basically you cannot have a negative emotion without also having corresponding negative thoughts. Mm. So that will key you in that at that point, what are you thinking about? Oh, yep. You know what? You're right. I was having a negative thought right there. I think that's probably true. I'm not sure if that's 100% true all the time. Maybe you're just not thinking anything and the, the subconscious sends you an emotion because there's something wrong. I don't know. But but in general, I think that's probably most of the time that's true. If you're having a negative emotion, you're probably having or um, negative is probably not a good word to use for it because emotions are tool, tools mm. and you can use them to be useful. Even even ones that are quote unquote negative, unpleasant ones, um, they're they're very useful tools. But at any rate, you you are pro- you probably are having negative thoughts at that moment. But what they talk about at that point is they're like, you've got it when you feel yourself having an, a negative emotion. They're like, you know you need to turn that around quickly. Mm. And so they say, find, find things that make you feel positive and use them. So like they said, you know, laughter's great. If there's something um, that makes you laugh, like a, you know, maybe a scene from a movie or something like that, think of that or, or music, you know, if there's some, some music and, and start thinking about that and that'll, that'll turn, you know, you want to turn that negative emotion into a positive one real quick. And I'm like, um, isn't that basically a recipe for dissociation. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I'm not going to allow myself to feel negative emotions and, and really explore what that negative emotion is coming from. I'm like, uh, really? That that's kind of sounds like some bad advice right there, actually, from what I've read. So that's that's one of the one of the issues with positive thinking and you know some of the positive thinking books out there is while on one hand it is true that negative thoughts will lead to negative outcomes in your life and you, you need to keep yourself from having habitual negative thoughts. Um, you, you need to somehow come to grips with the term that you also need to not dissociate and you need, when you've got a, a problem in your life, you know, you need to, to work, work your way through that. You know, maybe, um, if there's a negative emotion, the first thing you should probably do rather than trying to like think of a joke to, to, to get you laughing and, and uh, suppress it, is you probably need to give yourself some empathy 
you know, if you're familiar with nonviolent communication, maybe do some some internal nonviolent communication on yourself. Um, but yeah, give yourself some empathy. Allow you to you know figure it out what it is you need that you're lacking in that moment, and give yourself em- empathy for that, and, and allow yourself to really feel the emotion and get it out of you. And um, you know, and then maybe you can start looking at okay, now what what can I do differently? What what strategies are there so that I can get that need met or whatever going forward, rather than um, just dismissing it? But so that one there there are more problems with the <laughs> the secret. So um, maybe now is as good a, good a time as any to, to discuss what they are. So you know, in our last podcast, we did the spirituality podcast, and we we started talking about positive thinking and how, in my mind. When people have success with prayer, it's it's you know it's they're successfully harnessing the power of their subconscious mind, you know, and and uh, when they, people talk about the you know, connecting to the div- divinity within you and the like, what they're what they're really doing, why that actually works, it's not that we have souls or we are you know touched by God and in the the religious sense, it's more that it works because your subconscious mind is really powerful. It is a a, a great engine for change in your life. So if you can connect to that and and you write the ship, you know you'll you'll get to the destination you're trying to get to, whatever that whatever that is. You'll you'll find success in your life. So, uh, but wh- one of the things that people get caught up on and, and really dismiss a lot of the positive thinking is the explanations they give that are not the one that's based on the subconscious mind. <laughs> so you know the, the secret they talk about. The, the the law of attraction and basically they're, they, the way they say it is they're like you're you're giving off a frequency either a positive frequency mm-hmm. or a negative frequency and you're going to whatever that frequency is it's like tuning a channel on the TV if you if you tune to one frequency you're going to get one station if you tune to another frequency you're going to get another station so if you tune to the the negative frequency then you're going to have all these negative things in your life if you choose the po- the positive frequency you're going you're going to be on that frequency and you you're going to draw people on that same frequency to you you're going to draw opportunities the the universe will manifest it, it you'll you will attract it the law of attraction right and t- to my knowledge they just made the the law of attraction up there is no law of attraction <laughs> you know what i mean there's no like evidence for that uh, I mean, uh, if I'm wrong, I'd, I'd like to hear it. I mean, there's a lot of anecdotes of things happening, but um, you know, and it, that's there's a big difference between anecdotes and you know, real, real science. Right. So that the the idea of the law of attraction dates to I think about the early 19th century with the the New Thought movement and writers like uh, Ralph Waldo Trine and. Wallace Steve Wattles, who wrote a couple of books which I think you really enjoy, mystical undertones notwithstanding, a couple of really great books on positive thinking called um, The Science of Getting Rich, The Science of Great Health or something like that, and The Science of Being Great, which I love. I love particularly The Science of Being Rich and The Science of being great just because they put me in a really good mood when I listen to them. You can get them on YouTube if anyone wants to listen to the audiobooks. They're about two hours long each. And there's been this, the, the New Thought movement had this idea that thought reflects reality or that indeed thought is the basic substance from which reality emerges. And, you know, 
Um, Deepak Chopra had a big debate with Sam Harris and Robert Shermer uh, about about that. That's what, which is quite famous, and they went head to head on that on that idea. And Sam Harris just says, "Well, you know, you're making metaphysical claims here, like the the universe emerges from thought and things like that, with no, with with confidence. If there was a bunch of scientists here." then they'd be very coy about what they said in case they were wrong about anything. Okay, that's a pretty hard proposition to prove. I'd certainly be open to any evidence of that. I, I've, I've heard that there's a book called The Intention Experiments by Lynn McTaggart that meant to do exactly that and show in some studies that there was such a thing as the law of attraction. I've not read it. If I did, we'd have to report back. Having looked at sceptic sites, obviously they're, they're pretty clear that they're, there ain't no such thing as evidence for the law of attraction. Nonetheless, you don't really need to believe in anything metaphysical in order to make use of these practices. Like, I kind of like um, what the Indian mystic Osho said, which was they they kind of hate hate us because we don't believe in any god. We we don't believe in any god, so we're trying to turn this world into heaven. If there is a heaven, we will all enjoy it. If there is a hell, then we'll start going about transmuting that into heaven on earth as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I did based on your recommendation. I did read the Science of Getting Rich. So yeah, that was an excellent book. And in that one. Yeah, I mean, they, they talk a lot about how there is, a, a, you know, quote unquote stuff. The universe is made up of stuff that's between all the particles. And you can, you like generate, you cause that, that stuff, the building blocks of the universe that, that, uh, material things are made out of. You, you, you like generate material things by your thoughts. It causes that formless stuff to come together. You know, so if you want a car, you just think about it, and it's the universe generates it for you out of that stuff, and, mm. and it's, it's drawn to you. So, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, like we talked about in our last show, you don't necessarily have to understand why it works to to get the the, the benefits. You know, it really doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to understand how electricity works in order to flip a light switch and illuminate your room that is not required. And so that's for me, I'm like, I like the explanation of the subconscious mind. I think that there's um, some evidence for that and it makes sense to me, but ultimately it really doesn't matter. So, I mean, I think a lot of people get caught up on that portion of the secret and then miss out on the good things that are within it. Yeah, I also think that you pointed to one other potential pitfall, which is the idea of just visualizing yourself with a car. I don't think that's particularly helpful. You want to actually use your mental visualization and your positive thinking to motivate you to take effective action to create the circumstances where you can get that car. Um, what I, I mean, I have a friend or that has spiritual views and he produces some art, let's say, that is designed to, to be healing towards people and I've experienced his work and I think it's really quite wonderful. 
But he, as he has spiritual views, was waiting for the universe to align for him so that something would come along and um, help him create some income from what he's doing. And he didn't really learn how to market himself in his industry. Now, that's sad because his work deserves to be seen and... Even if you have spiritual views about how things manifest, they need to manifest through you, which means that you need to take appropriate action, such as learning how to make money in your industry. I mean, when I didn't know how to market myself properly as a coach and a therapist, I it was like being in love and not not having that love unrequited because I knew that I was really good at what I do. And I only had enough clients to get by. So I felt like I've got this gift to give and, you know, no one knows I've got to give it or no one's accepting it. And when I just learned a little bit about how to market myself properly, in a very short time, I started doing pretty well for myself. And it's just going from there. So, yes, yes, definitely bring things into manifestation and be positive about the opportunity and the possibility of things being brought into manifestation, but they need to be brought into manifestation through you, which means if you want to play the role of creator and, you know, the role of the God mind, then you need to, you can't just expect outside circumstances to conform, you need to take effective action, and yet, you know, if you believe in synchronicity, then it takes place through your, through following your lead, you know, being in the right place in the right time, making good decisions and taking action towards your goals will necessarily um, give you more opportunities to meet the kind of people that will help you and meet the kind of circumstances that will help you. Yeah, that's really great. Uh, that's one of the things I have in my notes to talk about as <laughs> a pitfall, so right on. Yeah, the uh, it's basically it's a magical thinking. Mm-hmm. So, People, that, that's what I have it listed down as, expecting positive thinking to be magic. That okay, uh, you know, I I am I am thin, and I have the body I want, and then okay, cool. Now I'm gonna go get that bowl of ice cream. Right. You know, I mean, you there is actions have to follow from that. You know, that, that that's the kind of the one thing. It's like thought leads to action, which leads to outcomes. I like your idea of visualizing rather than visualizing. The end goal, you know, the car. Think like think about what it is going to be required for me to get there, and visualize that. Mm-hmm. So there's actually some debate about that because, like in the secret, they they say all the time, like, don't worry about how you get there. Think about think about what it is you want. Visualize that, and the universe will figure out how to get you there. It knows the best way to get you there. And I'm not so sure I agree with that. I kind of like. Mm-hmm. The, um, I think it's okay to think about the end goal, but you also want to think about what steps are going to be required to well, get there, at least somewhat. You don't have to get super detailed, perhaps, super specific, but you, you do need to realize that action needs to be part of it. And I, and I think the easy fix for that is you could include, like in your affirmations, for example, in your affirmation, you could include the action in it. Yeah. So, so in the example for weight loss, you could say, I am eating right and I am exercising, and my body is transforming into the, the body I want. You know, the, the action is included in it. Yes. So I, th- I think that's, that's, that's one way 
to address that. The book 59 Seconds by Richard Wiseman goes through a lot of commonly held beliefs, the self-help field, and then goes to the research and debunks them. I wouldn't say that the book was excellent, but it did do a section on this, and they found in the research that actually visualising yourself undergoing the process of what you need to do to reach your goals is more effective than just visualising your goals. Because a lot of people avoid taking action. So if in your mind's eye you can imagine yourself taking action and even enjoying taking the action, then that psychs you up to actually move towards your goals. Whereas just focusing on having the goal already achieved in your mind's eye actually might give you a bit of an adrenaline reward or an endorphin reward for just imagining the goal and be like, okay, well, I feel good thinking about that. And yet you might, as you say, just go for the next bowl of ice cream. So, yeah, definitely use your thoughts wisely to um, encourage yourself, be your own coach. But if you want to... If you want something to happen for you, you need to be available and create the opportunities for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't remember where I heard this, but it wasn't related to positive thinking, I don't believe. Maybe it was Harry Brown, I'm not sure. But somewhere someone was saying, you, you shouldn't daydream. People spend, you know, waste their thoughts daydreaming about stuff. They'll, oh, I'll never have this, but I like to think about it. Mm. They said, instead... You should be planning. Mm. Figure out what it is you want, and then instead of spending your time thinking about, oh, it'd be nice to have, you know, a palatial estate, you know, on on the uh, mountainside. Instead of thinking about that plan, well, what, you know, what what would it take to actually get there, and then work out what steps you could do. You know, well, let's see. You know, I've I've always had, you know, an interest in this. Maybe I could make a business out of that. Well, how could I, how could I be successful at that? What would it take to get started? What would it take, you know, and sit there and you could spend your your energy on planning, not daydreaming. And then your daydreams can become reality. And I wish I could give credit to the correct person for that, but mm. I thought that was pretty wise when I heard it. And that was before I started on my positive thinking road, but it, 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 it lends itself nicely to this not falling into the, the pitfall of magical thinking where, you know, I just have to visualize it and then I will be there. Yeah. I think we need to deal constructively with the facts of reality and use our positive thinking to make dealing with the facts of reality a joy. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good advice. In fact, I think that's good enough advice to close on. Anthony, <laughs> it's, it's been a pleasure having you on once again. Please give your information to my listeners so that they can get some more Anthony Samaroff in their life. And you should also be able to have a look at my forthcoming online program uh, at beyourselfandloveit.com. Be yourself and love it. That's a positive thought. Thank you very much for having me on your show for the fifth time. I feel quite like privileged to be such a regular guest and I'm sure it won't be the last. I'm, I, I think positively about the prospects of a, a sixth show at some point in the future. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be either. Oh, it's 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 definitely uh, been my pleasure, Anthony. Anytime. Okay, sweet. I look forward to it. Bye bye. Bye.
Sweet. I hope you enjoyed that. Please check out Choice Conversations, choiceconversations.com. Soon I'm going to be doing new interviews. I've got some people lined up to interview. You are not going to want to miss those. So remember to subscribe on iTunes. If you would like my help personally, please email me at anthony at beyourselfandloveit.com. I've also got a book coming out soon, so you should definitely stay tuned to hear the news about that. Until next time, be yourself. Well, don't just be yourself. Be yourself and love it.